everyone. How you doing? Sykes here. Just want to take a quick moment to give you a heads up about this episode. So as some of you have probably noticed over the past few weeks, I have been experimenting and learning how to record these episodes remotely. I have made it to a point today at, at the time of me recording this where I have a really good setup in place. It's very seamless. It looks Sounds great. You could see I'm recording on it right now. No issues. But three, four weeks ago when I recorded a lot of the episodes that I've been doing, I didn't have it figured out just yet. And I still want to release these episodes because they are great conversations, but they have their issues. So with today's episode in particular, there is just some weird lag with the audio and the video. I couldn't get it to sync up right. I'm not too sure why or what happened in this particular situation, but the conversation sounds good. I had a really good talk with Sean, aka Strangeness in Proportions, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So if you're somebody that just listens to the episode, you don't really watch it, you don't have anything to worry about. For those of you that feel the need to watch these episodes all the way through, it's going to be a little funky in places, and I apologize for that. But with all that being said, this is an awesome talk, and I'm going to shut up so you can get into it. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes, and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda or water or coffee or strawberry milk, whatever you like, in the fridge. Happy Saturday. I'm going to have a sip of this. All right. And here we are. Here we be. I am sitting here today with my new friend, a musician type, a singer, a songwriter, a sad boy, a self-proclaimed sad boy, as I have seen on the internet. Please make some noise for Strangeness in Proportions, a.k.a. Sean? Sean. Sean. You nailed it. All right. You nailed it. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Well, I, um, you, you said it best. I'm a self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed uh, sad boy. Um, <laughs> I just, I, you know, I've been doing music for... Uh, I started playing guitar when I was like 12 um, and just, you know, starting off with like, you know, shit like Blink-182 and just like everyone wants to be in a band if you're like that age, do, like playing an instrument. So it just, you know, um, I'm 20 now. Um, I've been making music officially under the, you know, releasing my own solo stuff under the name Strangers and Proportion since 2015, I want to say. Um, it was, I've, I've kept this band name all throughout, um, all the, all the years of school that I've been doing music and had different members and shit, but officially it's always been, um, a solo thing. Just me. I feel like it's easier. Uh, I have a lot of fun, uh, you know, obviously I'm all about, you know, hearing what other people have to say about my stuff and trying to incorporate other people's opinions and ideas but like it it is a lot of fun just being solo and being able to do whatever i want (laughs) i agree i think that also you know you're still at the very beginnings of Mm -hmm. your musical journey you know you're you're a younger individual 
And I think that it's not entirely uncommon for a lot of people, I think, to have that time where they're just figuring it out, making music by themselves and not necessarily being super concerned about being in a band. I think sometimes people that don't take the time to actually work on writing songs and putting together the things themselves, you know, and they just they need other people around them all the time. Those people have a harder time, I think, growing as songwriters versus somebody like yourself that maybe is just deciding to do this themselves while not mm. i know i think that you probably you know still are down to collaborate and work with other people oh yeah can, absolutely yeah. but it seems like you know your focus right now is just kind of like well i'm figuring it out yeah i i mean not to be you know maybe it's just my my sad boy coming out but it's like not to be like super like down it's like i love jamming with people and i love collaborating collaborating is awesome and that's like i don't understand and luckily I haven't really experienced much of it, but I don't understand musicians that need to like beat down other musicians. It's like we, any style, like we can work together. Like if you, if we vibe with each, like even if we don't vibe with each other, there's no reason to not like, or there's no reason to like knock someone down. It's, it's a very collaborative and very um, community driven, you know, career path or hobby or whatever sure. it is for, anyone doing it um but yeah absolutely it's just um you know i just like doing things on my own terms and things are so temporary i don't know who i want to be a bandmate for the rest of my life or i don't know <laughs> who i would eventually want to replace in the future if i had to you know so it just you know it is it it's it's a mix of a lot of things and like for for my last album i had people come in and like really um, like I wrote a song specifically with my friend um, and it, it's so much fun. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I, yeah, I, of course there, there's pros and cons of it, but ultimately I, I like kind of, you know, I, I'm 20, I'll be 21 in October, you know, kind of ride out my twenties, be like a single musician and just hang out <laughs> and, and do what I want to do. You know, the uh, musician bachelor as you will. That's really funny. I think that, <laughs> You know, going back to your comment on some musicians beating down other musicians, I think that those people tend to just have self-esteem issues that they're not quite ready to publicly deal with. So they mm -hmm. they put it onto other people's shoulders like, oh, like, you know, when somebody's like, oh, this person isn't isn't good enough to work with me or this person sucks <laughs> yeah. in a way they're kind of saying like they suck or like i'm not open-minded enough to understand what somebody else is doing that's kind of how i take that those sorts of things grumpy people aren't <laughs> worth the time or effort i think that even i mean like i think i used to sweat that stuff a lot more i'm not saying that you sweat that stuff it seems like you're pretty level-headed about it but when i was your age I think I sweated that stuff a lot more, but as I've gotten older, I've like stopped caring how good of a musician someone is and just how nice of a person they are. It like means oh, so 100%. much more to me. Like writing a good song is not special. I find that like mm -hmm. being a kind person's a lot rarer these days. So yeah. that's tend to, that tends to be the type of creative that I, I gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. So now you've been, you know, at least releasing music, online 
for the past half a decade. You said you started around 2015. It's 2020 now. And I'm curious, you know, what it's like for you, if it even feels different at all for you releasing music, because obviously you grew up with the Internet and you're not somebody Mm -hmm. that is familiar with a world of what it was like trying to promote music outside of the Internet. You know, like, yeah. I'm sure you've heard stories from old folks <laughs> like myself that are like, things were so uh-huh. different back in my day. <laughs> and the question I want to ask you, given your age and your experience growing up in the Internet and social media, what do you think of when you think of times before the Internet? Like when you think of people telling you about promoting music before social media? What comes to mind? Like, do you think that does it seem like something like, oh, that would be great? Or does it seem like, how the fuck did you do anything back then? <laughs> how do you feel about it? Yeah, well, I, I mean, in all kinds of ways, just like the way, you know, technology in general has has progressed, you know, with with how what we can do with sound, you know, back in the day, like Fleetwood Mac d- doing a fucking perfect take, you know, and yeah. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't, you had to cut and snip and splice. And I don't, I don't fucking know all that nonsense. Oh, sure. So it definitely gives me like a, a much greater res- respect for, for, uh, uh, you know, my elders. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like, you know, it, it's, 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 you know, this weird nostalgic, it's like, I'll never be able to experience that time. And it, it's interesting, but like, yeah, like, kudos to you and everyone else like that sounds absolutely impossible and i mean it it, with the internet um you know obviously i'm i'm talking to you i'm networking with people you know i'm making a lot of friends and having a lot of having a lot of fun but like even with the internet it seems like impossible and kind of back to what we were saying with like people knocking each other down it's like and the self-esteem it's like of course like naturally you're going to compare yourself to other people at some point but it's like that doesn't mean that like they need to be less than you it's like you know it and i i i often catch myself every once in a while you know like oh why you know i've been doing this so much longer than like these new kids it's like why did they like blow up on tiktok and now all of a sudden they have a song and it's like but it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm still having fun. And it's like, I, I just, I, I always have that spiraling, spiraling tendencies to think about things like that. But ultimately I'm not going to like, I'm not going to like comment shit and be like, Oh, why? Like, fuck you for listening to this person. Like, you know, it's like, enjoy what you enjoy. You, you can't. Know? And dude, yeah. you can't be that person. Cause nobody wants to be around that person. Yeah. Literally. Like if you're just going to be miserable, you're just really doing yourself a huge disservice especially if you're somebody that does genuinely want to make music and you know build a community of creatives and cool people around you i think a lot of people that are on the internet now it's so much easier to be aware of things that normally you wouldn't have been aware of like when i was in high school you know, we didn't have Instagram or any or TikTok or any of that stuff. So I had no idea how popular other people were. There was no such thing as blowing up on YouTube or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So like the only thing I was concerned about at that time was like my peer group, like the people that, you know, were in the bands that I knew and my friends and family. And as long as like 
you know, I had their respect and like we were able to do stuff. That was it. It was like I'm riding yeah. high as long as I have the respect and like, you know, I'm able to hang out with the people that are in my world, like my environment. And now mm-hmm. everybody's world's so much bigger now. But yeah. the unfortunate thing is it feels like a lot of people tend to forget about the people around them. They like overlook the people around them that do care and that are into what they're doing and they get caught mm-hmm. up in like this thing of like, oh, well, you know, I don't have the same amount of followers on fucking TikTok as somebody else. So <laughs> I guess I'm not good. Meanwhile, you have a bunch of friends around you that are like, no, you are good and we like you and we care about you, but it's so easy to overlook it. So. You know, my yeah, advice 100%. to you or to anybody that maybe you're friends with that's watching this now is like, you know, use the Internet to your advantage. Put your stuff out there. But if it doesn't blow up right away or ever, that doesn't like devalue you as an yeah. artist. And it doesn't mean that like the people that are around you, the people that you you that the people that you'll potentially be spending the rest of your life with, like building lifelong relationships with the people that are actually going to be there. Don't ignore them and don't take their opinions and thoughts about you for granted because like that's mm-hmm. who really matters, friends and family. Fuck the internet to some yeah. degree. But it is cool because no, you can use it to do absolutely. positive stuff like this, like meeting people. And you know, I appreciate the fact that you reached out to me and you were pretty persistent about <laughs> trying to get on the show and talk. No, it's awesome because it's good to see people using the internet for good like really like Mm. you know i have this thing that i'm doing i make music or i make art whatever it is that you do and like reaching out to people just to make connections and network that's what we should be using this for Mm -hmm. with yeah 100 like um i i oh i'm sorry i cut you off go for it it's all good it's all good like 100 i saw um i i saw the episode with um um nate uh huge palmer yeah and uh like yeah i just i love your platform and i mean i know there's like things like this but it's it's hard to figure out like you have such a wide like vast world of all this information it's like where do i even look like what community am i supposed like what niche because there i i genuinely believe there's a there's a community especially with the internet there's a niche and community of people that would 100% like anything anyone created. Yeah. You know, some different, like there is a person in the world that would love, you know, you could shit on a plate and they would love it, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, And not like that, that not to be like an asshole, I'm not meaning in a bad way, but like, you know, 100%, like you find your community and it could be, you know, national and nationwide or it could be like you, you like you said your friends and family but they're genuinely i believe that everyone has some sort of art in them and can create something you know and it's so interesting seeing people who don't write or don't do music like trying it and it's like even if they don't stick with it it's like that's like that's honestly it you know i don't want to compare like value but it's like that that's so much it's just so neat. It's like, wow, like we're like my grandpa has been playing music. I think he's been playing piano since he was 13 and he's like uh, over 75 now. And he hasn't made a career out of it, but like, you know, he is an incredible musician and everyone around him loves that and loves listening to his music. I I'm very glad he, uh, he, uh, did a piano ballad on, 
as the last track on my self-titled album. It's called The End. And it's like so nice to be able to have that conserved. And it's like, not to be morbid, but it's like, that's something that will carry on. And this physical copy, I got it pressed on vinyl. And it's like, we can have CDs and the internet, you know, yeah. if the internet crashes, hopefully we'll have a record player somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, to have, to have a physical copy of something and it's like that, it's just so incredible. But yeah, it's like, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. I'm so scatterbrained, but, uh, you know, it's it's very strange with how my music has progressed. And it's like, obviously, being like 14 to 15, I, I mean, you know, 12 to um, to now, you know, that was my whole teen years, like fucking absolutely ridiculous, like me growing up and, you know, kind of documenting my growth um, for, you know, half of that, half of that time. And it's like, I, I've, I actually recently like took a listen to a lot of my old stuff and it's like, there's definitely some very good stuff in there, but it's, it's very personal and it's weird because it's like, it's not bad, but it just doesn't represent me as sure. much anymore. And it's very interesting seeing that, like what I'm doing now and what I'm, cause I started off, you know, just playing my guitar in my bedroom. I knew like five chords max, you know? playing the same chords for every single song. And I, I, I always wrote. So lyricism was a big thing for me. Um, but you know, it was really just, I feel like a lot of people kind of start like this, just the, like the cathartic, you know, lyric writing and music writing. Um, and it's like, you know, it's just neat because it's like what th these things that I was focused on when I was in like eighth grade, Versus now being like in college or, you know, working and trying to like move out and shit like that. It just, it's very interesting. And I started like, well, if I'm ever playing these songs live, I don't want to put anything on the album that I couldn't play by myself live. And it was like, I understood why, because I didn't want to be like boring live, but it's just, you know, I can figure out how to, make a live version of a song you know it doesn't need to be like i'm playing exactly the album because then you can just go listen to the album you don't yeah. need to see live you know um so i'm glad that i've gotten out of that and i've like ha i have plenty of people come into the studio to do things for tracks so it's like i still get that collaborative and that that socialization of, of working with other musicians so that's so much fun but it is Awesome. You know, I wish my tour hadn't gotten shut down early because of this virus, but you know, we'll figure it out later. But I really, really did enjoy the short time of like kind of being on the road. And I love coming to Pittsburgh and playing shows there. The, the, the college community is absolutely insane. I love them all. They, I've had so much fun with house shows and stuff. And it's like, that's the stuff that I feel like with or with the out, without the internet, like house shows are like so. Just so, <laughs> I, just, I, I definitely will grow out of them one day, but right now I just, I love oh, yeah. that atmosphere and that vibe just yeah. so much. It's uh, so much more intimate and personal. Yeah, it, it's, I, I agree 110% with you. I love house shows, but it is hard for me now, uh, you know, being, I'm, uh, I'm turning 35 this year. I, I am quite, I'm quite a dinosaur at this point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's rare for me and my other 35 year old friends to have a house party anymore. 
Uh, it just doesn't happen. And I think a few years ago, I played a show in Oakland, a house show, and it was a good show and everybody there was really cool. But it's also kind of weird being in your 30s in a basement in Oakland with a bunch of kids that may or may not be 21 that all have alcohol. And it's just kind of like, you know, I'm happy this exists 110%, but it's just not for me anymore. I can't be here. It's just like, I don't even know if I can legally be in this room anymore. So I've moved on from it. But again, there's plenty of artists that have that space. And like, you know, I'll play my shows where I play my shows. But, you know, it's always fun to still keep in touch with those people and get people on the podcast and try to still be as connected to that world as I possibly can, because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very like, you know, fuck, fuck, fuck bubbles, fuck niches, fuck genres. Like I'll talk to anyone oh, yeah. about anything. I don't care if you're popular. I don't care if you've zero monthly listeners on Spotify. I don't give a shit. Like if, if you're passionate about what you do, it's like, I like talking to people that just want to talk. That's pretty mm-hmm. much the whole thing. And you had mentioned, you know, talking about, ugh, fuck, you had brought up something and I totally forgot what it was because you kind of, we we went off in a bunch of different spots. Yeah, but I ramble. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You know, I feel like podcasts are all about rambling. I think that's the whole mm-hmm. fucking point, right? So with the music that you're doing now, you just put out, a ep or a short album recently i don't yeah, know how you, album, yeah. you want to put it i think like all albums are short now for whatever reason attention yeah. spans are short so let's talk a bit about that oh absolutely yeah um it's crazy i'm i'm so absolutely proud of it and um you know i especially coming off of my last out al- or you know my my previous album um the self-titled you know that was like 21 songs, I think like a ridiculous album. And it was very nice to be able to, you know, I took like literally the app, the absolute opposite approach. I was like, here's a handful of songs. Um, let's see what we can do with them. Let's spend like a, a very solid amount of time on each song um, and figure out how to make it its own and what it needs to be and the vibe we're trying to capture. And that was so much fun i wouldn't necessarily call this album a concept album but it has it has recurring themes that um and and kind of vibes that i'm i'm very pleased with how they came out um the first track i i is funny i mean it's um i'm trying to smoke these hornets which is um a always sunny quote <laughs> charlie finds like a, a wasp nest or a hornet's nest and he's like i'm gonna try and smoke these hornets to get their honey yeah I, I think the quote, I'm trying to smoke these hornets to death to get the, so I can get their honey. Uh-huh. Um, and that, w- that was really fun because um, I had this, this opening um, like riff, uh, you know, that I had been playing for like a while. Um, and I was like, when am I going to do something with this? And I jotted down some lyrics, you know, figured out some, some chords. Um and just as the album progressed and other songs on the album had like so much more going on, I was like, you know, I don't want to scrap this song and I don't know what it's missing because it's a good song, but it's just not living up to everything else. And I don't know what it's missing. And we added, um, 
Raul from uh, June Kills, um, he did vocals on it at the um, the end, and we added some electric guitar very briefly. And the definitely the cherry on top was adding melodica, and I absolutely love how the song turned out. Now cool. I'm so happy. Um, and then we got so it's and then we got puzzles, which is. I'm so happy that song exists. That was also I had been working on for a while and had a um, practice with a few random female friends to get the the voice kind of figured out. Um, I don't really remember what my writing process for that one was. It was so long ago, but having my friend Gabby come on and sing, I had heard her just in like you know, private, like bedroom, like hangout sessions. I had heard her sing before and it was just the perfect, like kind of indie bedroom, you know, ukulele girl, like vibe. Just, it was perfect. And I wrote, um, all the guitar, all the ukulele, all the intricate little, you know, pieces of that song. So that's really nice because it turned out very pretty. And I had a lot of intricacies like, you know, just little guitar things and the ukulele and did everything and had her come in and do the vocals. And it was just absolutely beautiful. I, you know, I'm supposed to promote my music, but if you listen to any song, you know, Gabby did an absolute beautiful job on that, on puzzles, uh, the second song on the album, um, where I'm not the best singer in the world, but she fucking blew me away and I cannot give her enough thanks and appreciation and props. I love her. She is a great friend. And she, uh, she was very, she didn't like having people hear her music or hear her sing. So I was like, she's probably going to say no, but I got to ask her. And she was very receptive to it. I was like, there's, there's no way she's going to agree to do this. And she did. And that was awesome. So uh, big props to her. Then we got um, Vivian, which was actually a re- a redone version of an old song that I wrote my sophomore year of high school with my friend Billy um, about a girl that he dated in middle school. So it's really not that deep, but it is <laughs> funny how deep of a song it is. And we, we tried to keep it true to the original, but we just... A lot of people, it was on like an old EP, like way back in the day. And a lot of people actually, that was like one of my most played songs, Vivian. I was like, you know what? It's not terrible, but it deserves, I recorded it like on my grandma's iPad in GarageBand. Like it just deserved a better and more, better quality and more sure. care. So I'm glad that we we do that. I like doing things um, like callbacks to old, old works and maybe redoing songs as bonus tracks or, or things like yeah. that. I've done that several times. Yeah, I've done that several times as well. With you and your process, I mean, not only are you, you know, writing these songs, you are self-producing and self-engineering, recording all the stuff as well. No, actually, no. uh, I've gone to a few um, different studios over the years, um, but as of where the last album was recorded was Midley Grange with uh, my buddy Dylan Tash. Uh, he does great work. I've uh, been in contact with him for a while and we just decided, you know, apparently he's lived so close by all these years and we like were friends on Facebook and just cool. Never. Yeah. It just, I was like, I'll definitely go back for whatever next project I have. I, I have some ideas that I'm floating around that the second I'm allowed back in his studio, I'm going <laughs> to record something. I am so excited for what I have um, brewing. 
during all this free time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what what are you what have you been doing with yourself in uh in the free time? Uh uh well so I have um I'm working on a song about Eeyore. Oh that from Winnie I'm the Pooh. I very yeah, from me from Winnie the Pooh. Yep. The OG sad boy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have I like to think I have a lot of layers. I am definitely a fan of Shaggy. Okay. Um, I grew up with Scooby or uh, yeah, I grew up with Scooby Doo and um of course SpongeBob. I have a bunch of SpongeBob video games right over here. Um yeah, I have a I have a lot of layers with my cartoon characters. I okay. like to think. Fuck yeah. Uh, you know, you know. Uh yeah, and I just I don't know what gave me the idea because I don't really write in like other people's perspectives or like a character's perspective that often. So I don't know what triggered it, but I just, it just, it was the idea sparked. Oh, you know what it was actually? I was looking on cameo. If you, are you familiar with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was looking on cameo, just seeing who was there because I had just recently discovered it. I was like, wow, there are a lot of cool people. And the original voice actor of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, uh, Jim Cummings, I think his name is. I'm pretty sure <laughs> he's on there. I was like, I could write a song and have Jim Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, okay, I love Winnie the Pooh. You know, I, it's got to be Eeyore. And it just, it flowed so naturally. It came out and I feel like it was very true to the character, but it's also very relatable and yeah. the chords are beautiful i am so excited i have such i'm gonna have um some gang vocals like very nice i just i have so many ideas and i've been working on my my phone that i that i'm using for this call is propped up on my keyboard that i use to figure out all kinds of different sounds oh my god it's i it, it is the most work i've done since this album and it only came out like a little a little while ago but yeah. you know for the most part my stuff was done i was just kind of overseeing and having other people do things for like the, the tail end of it so i'm very very excited for this i'll probably release it as as a single whenever i can um and then go from there um but yeah other than that <laughs> a whole lot of nothing as far as quarantine activities you know just music and video games that i've been sick of for years <laughs> sure yeah i've been just recording just recording a ton of music you know we we had pretty much an entire album written and demoed out ready to record and uh yeah this extra unexpected free time just kind of uh expedited the recording process a bit so yeah just been working on that and i don't know Try not to do too much. I feel like it's mm -hmm. really easy. I'm somebody I get into habits really easily and I don't want to get into a habit of like using all this free time to start up 10,000 new projects because then whenever yeah. I have to go back to work, I'm not going to be able to do them and I'm going to mm -hmm. have a hard time like quitting all of these new things that I started. So I'm just trying to like pump the brakes a bit and just put a little bit more time into the things I was already doing. Mm -hmm. Have you done any uh, Instagram live performances yet or anything like that? Um, just on my own. Um, 
I ever just like I don't really announce them. I do, I don't really have like a schedule. Sure, um, you just kind of set set it like, up and go for it. I feel like it. Yeah, uh, yeah, not like you know nonchalant, you know, low key kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I I have one a tentative one planned. Um, my friend is releasing um, an album, and we're trying to figure out like. I think we might do. I, I just uh, installed Steam on my phone, so I think cool. or not Steam, uh, Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. Okay. <laughs> um, stream, Steam, Twitch. Yeah, I just I just got the Twitch app, which I'm very ignorant about, but uh, it that seems pretty cool for doing live streams. So we're trying to figure something out for that. And once I once I do, um, that would be awesome. Yeah, um, I re- yeah I really like engaging. Like I love seeing comments and. Uh, uh, plenty of people throughout the years have like messaged me on Instagram and it's just, it's really nice. Cause it's not like every day someone's messaging me on Instagram and being like, Hey, I love your stuff. But it, w- when it happens, it's like so nice. And it's like, you know, I have a new friend now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's really cool. But yeah. Um, just chilling. Yeah. Not much. Um, I haven't been on live actually in a while. I feel like I was doing it for, I was doing it a lot, like pretty much any free moment I had. And it was like the same people like shout out to them. Like they just kept joining. And I was like, well, I don't really have anything new to give you. I'm just playing the new, like the same songs, hoping sure. like new people will join. So yeah. I just, I don't know. I pumped the brakes on that a little bit. Yeah. I've just been working on mostly the year or song. Yeah. Sometimes it's better. I feel one of the super interesting things about social media is like everybody feels like they have to constantly post stuff and it's created a lot of mediocre content like i remember like back before social media when i liked a band they would put out an album and then i would have that album for a year sometimes maybe two years before i heard anything new from them and it was totally fine because how much time do i have to like really engage with like you know if i like 50 bands if all of them are putting out a new song every other week i can't keep up mm-hmm. um you know i'm a huge Haley williams fan from paramore and she's been putting out she has a solo album coming out and she's okay. been like releasing singles from it mm-hmm. and like it was like every week she kept on putting new stuff out and it got to oh, a point where it's like i can't listen i'm like exhausted like i just can't <laughs> keep up with everyone putting out this much stuff because it's like I love you, Haley, but you're not the only person on the planet. There's so yeah. much other stuff. It's like I can handle the 40 minutes of music at once, once a year. Mm-hmm. But like listening to like five, 10 minutes of music here and there every other week, it's too fucking much for me. Maybe it's not for other people. Obviously, it must be working because there are a <laughs> lot of huge popular artists that are releasing music like that now. So I guess it's working. Yeah. But for me, it's like I'd much rather just have a chunk of something and like sit down and watch it. It's like, I don't like watching movies in pieces. Like I want to watch a movie start to finish. And I'm kind of the same way when it comes to albums. Like I like listening to a whole batch of music from somebody. It's always fun to hear a a song here and there. But if if you're giving me a a brand new song all the time, it's, I get to a point. I just get, I get tired of listening to the songs. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, absolutely. And I love like, yeah, and and I feel like maybe I'm generalizing a little bit too much, but just from personally, the people I've talked to is like, they definitely 
go song to song like just a track like by itself then like you know shuffle mode like it doesn't matter like what's playing yeah and like i like i get that but also it like i completely understand what you're saying and i'm like this too i think it's definitely changing and it's weird with how our attention spans are changing with like how much content we have but also that things are coming back like having vinyl and i <laughs> yeah. i'm going to assume people who actually have vinyl listen to it all the way through unless sure. it's just up on display to like be you know neat and retro you uh-huh. know? unless yeah. it's just an aesthetic like i i get an album and i'm like okay plop it on the only time that i won't listen to an album all the way through is if i get too lazy to flip it over sure but at that point, I'll just go on Spotify and listen to the whole album, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, you can release a single and it's like, okay, I'm excited. But like, depending on the length of the album, I kind of, I I don't think it should really be any more than two. Unless yeah. it's like, I don't know, a 30 song album. I don't know. Like, do what you want. But yeah. It's... I feel like I feel like two singles is like, a, it like spread apart is like enough to hold us over. Yeah. It's, it's so hard because like, I also understand the positives to releasing songs instead of albums, because it's like, you put the same amount of time into releasing one song as you do an album. And I've seen Mm -hmm. it happen when I release a whole album of material and I look at the Spotify streams and people haven't listened to half of it. It's like the whole second half of the album, you know, like the streams are so much smaller than the first half. And I don't think it's because people don't like it. I just think it's because people might only have 20 minutes. Like, oh, they put it on when they're driving from point A to point B. Yeah. And then they, you know, they take their phone out of the car. And then whenever they get back in, they're not putting your album back on. They're probably they're distracted with something else, you know? Yeah. So but then the problem happens when. OK, so I'm trying to promote the rest of this album that nobody listened to. I can't like make a post saying like, hey, check out our album, but only listen to the second half that you haven't listened to yet. You know what I mean? People just see you posting an album. Like even if somebody only listened to the first half, they'll see you post it and they're like, well, I already listened to it. So like there's a Mm -hmm. whole batch of material. Like if you have six, if you have a 12 song album and six of those songs, nobody's really listened to. How much time do you think you spent writing and recording and editing those six songs? Probably weeks. Yeah maybe months of time on that batch of material that is like largely just getting overlooked. So I understand why you may want to release smaller batches of music or singles, because then at least whenever you're putting stuff out, the general public perceives it as, Oh, this is new and I will listen to it. And you're actually giving people an opportunity to check out like more time of what you're putting out. I think things Mm kind of get lost when they get released in batches, but I'm old school and I prefer like a whole batch of material. But yeah. I think like you were saying, a lot of people are very shuffle minded, play playlist focused and song the song type of people. So regardless of how I feel, I guess if you want to play ball, you got to release stuff <laughs> that uh, coordinates with how the general public reacts and engages with music and not necessarily how you engage with it as a creative yeah it's tough and like you know i i'm super into vinyl so it is even tougher you know when like seven brand new albums are coming out and it's like i want them on vinyl it's like guys 
it's all on the same day. You can't do this. To sure. Me. You yeah. Know, because you know, I'm going to buy all of them mm -hmm. and I'm going to like, the bank is going to yell at me. Oh yeah. It's not going to be good. They get you with those. Like, come on. <laughs> the, the, Enough the, of that. <laughs> yeah. The, the sick limited edition gatefold color vinyl pressings. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I'm like, there's only I'm like, three, there's only three of these. We only made yeah. three of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, fuck. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it's like, I, I'm, I, 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 it's definitely me just justifying bad, bad habits, but like, I definitely get in the mindset of like, if I don't get it now, it's going to sell out instantly. Sure. I'm like, then I'm never going to yeah. get it. Uh, dude, <laughs> so it's like, I, I'm yeah, I've been in that boat. I, I have plenty of records sitting behind me that I've spent way too much money on. But nowadays, I've I've definitely calmed down with worrying about like getting uh, like, like the limited edition variants of things and th yeah. stuff like that. I don't it's very rare for me to buy a new album right when it comes out unless it's something that I super duper want and I'll pre-order it. But for the most part, I just have like a want list that I update on discogs. And if I have yeah. an extra, you know, 25 bucks, I'll buy something here and there, just kind of get something off the list and then it'll come in. And I'll listen to it. I figure, you know, most of the time, if there's an album, especially with new music, because when I started collecting records, I was hyper focused on collecting all the stuff that I grew up with and albums that I've loved for like, you know, yeah, 10, 15 years. There's a lot of albums that come out now that like, I like, temporarily like i'm into it for like mm -hmm. a year and then a year goes by and i don't it's not that i don't like it but it's like well i don't necessarily need to own a physical copy of this so i'm glad i didn't spend 30 bucks on the vinyl That's sometimes it's true. like it's better for me to like wait a year or two to or buy a record and it's like oh this is something that came out a couple years ago and i'm still listening to it all the fucking time on spotify i should actually mm -hmm. own a copy of this versus yeah so that's how I engage with new music in terms of physical media with exceptions to like, if a friend puts out an album or something like that, I'll obviously pick it up, but mm -hmm. you know. yeah, of course. But it's just, it also like, I've, I don't know, like progressively getting more into, you know, local or underground musicians. So it's like when they release vinyl, it's like so much more urgent to me. Sure. Yeah. You know? Um, like, I mean, I, I released um, a limited run of my new album um, and they sold out. Um, it's been like a month and they sold out. And I'm I, that's incredible because I get I, I love vinyl. So it was more of like, I'll get a few, see if people like them. It's fine if they don't. I'm happy to have a copy of my own work. Sure. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, they sold out and uh it might be a little while before I get more of the albums, but right now I'm planning on getting um, a seven inch uh, singles with the two singles off of my album puzzles, which I talked about and uh, slightly burnt coil. And I'm very excited for that. Cool. <laughs> that, that should be really, really cool. And I'll, it, they'll be cheaper. So they will be more accessible. Yeah. And with a uh, lot of people really like those songs. So with your pressings, are you just doing like, uh, like lathe cuts or are you getting stuff press pressed? You're doing lathe cuts. Yeah. Okay. For now, yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's it's, it's really complicated. I think a lot of people get kind of sideswiped by how expensive and daunting pressing records is. 100 percent yeah uh, yeah I, I think that you know it's it, it costs so much more money to manufacture than you could ever possibly imagine and then yeah. the next then, then whenever you go into the record store and you're like oh you know 
why does this fucking you know double gatefold 180 gram fucking record cost 35 bucks you're like oh yeah because it probably cost them fucking like 15 bucks to manufacture the goddamn thing yeah <laughs> it's so expensive yeah, it's crazy and to not have like i mean and it's like it's it's a very like specific thing like yeah it's coming back and getting popular again but it's like i only have like i th- i I'm like some somewhere over a thousand followers on Instagram and stuff like that. But like I'm new to Spotify. So I only have like a little under a hundred listeners, I think. So it's like, it's more of like, I, if I can get like a quick copy for myself, then I'll like sell a few around. So I got like 15 or 20 copies of that and I'll definitely get more because there's like very surprisingly like, I, an incredible interest in them, which I'm very, very happy about. They turned out awesome. They look really cool. That's awesome, um, dude. I think, yeah, that, so I'm stoked. I think that it's really important for somebody in your position and, you know, my position as well. I mean, I think, like, regardless of the fact that I've been, you know, maybe making music and in the local scene for a lot longer than you, I still feel like we're on the same playing field because we're sitting here face-to-face on the computer talking about the same things we know the same people so time doesn't fucking mean anything at this point it's mm-hmm. just a matter of you know who you decide to surround yourselves with and the environment you're in and i think for people like us it's really important to know and be aware of like where like what your capability for th- selling things is and like you know okay like i'm very well aware that you know i have this many followers and this many people that are going to be in the shit so Maybe getting like, you know, like a couple dozen lathe cuts is the route for me to go before I like go and try to like get 500 LPs pressed. <laughs> yeah, because I've se- I have friends that have done that. You know, I've done that. I, you know, I got 300 copies of a record that I put out a couple years ago pressed on vinyl and I still have like 100 of them. I mean, yeah. granted, 200 records, that's a lot of records to sell. But I still have a I still have a fucking unopened <laughs> box from the pressing plant in my fucking thing, yeah. right? I'm looking at it. It's right there. And uh, you know, it's like fuck, man. Like, you know, I don't play nearly enough shows or tour nearly enough to sell that many units. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. you get these it's good to be optimistic, I think, and be like, yeah, you yeah. know, I could sell three hundred records, but also it's like, well, if you're spending an extra fifteen hundred dollars that you could spend going on tour. I would just maybe get less yeah. records and save the extra money and go on tour. It's better to sell out and, you know, get to spread yourself out more than buying a bunch of shit that now you can't fucking sell because you don't have money to go on the road. So it's just all sitting yeah. in your sitting in your closet. Learn from learn from me. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> Anyone that's watching this, please, because I've definitely fucked up a lot. Yeah. And then it's also like trying to like promote your stuff and it's like i don't like i would love to be able to break even and like make money on like going to the studio and you know enough people will buy it that it justifies going to the studio that's it doesn't it doesn't matter to me like i i am so generous i'll make a hundred cds and i'll give away all of them like if if the people who are taking them bother to listen to them like more power to you like i i didn't need the five bucks for it like yeah it's you know it anyone anyone in any other business would be like oh that's just called a bad investment but it's like i'm having so much fun and it's like it really is just about communicating and the community community and like being with people and connecting with people yeah so it's like you know 
it's stay humble, you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's not a bad investment. It, I think that when you th- when you frame something like that, sure, it's like you know, if your end goal, if your business plan, you know, it's like, are you looking for a monetary return? profit like monetary profit or are you looking for this is like such a weird way to put this but like a social profit (laughs) yeah you know what i mean so it's like if your air quote business plan is to you know be (laughs) positive in your social profit and like you know more aware you've networked more and you've gotten yourself more out there Mm -hmm. as a result of like you know monetary expenses if like your goal is that that social profit, then I would say it is a successful business plan. But if, what, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think that that sometimes it's easy for people to get kind of like fucked up and mixed up about things, especially like when you start getting serious and money starts coming into things, and you're manufacturing mm-hmm. stuff and you're trying to go on the road and like figuring balancing all that out. It's a lot. I mean, you are essentially running a business, even if you're only making fifteen bucks at the end of the night. <laughs> You are still running a business. And I think you got to like ask yourself, like, you know, if you really care about being a part of this social scene, you know, do you care about driving four or five hours for two weeks from city to city playing in basements, not making money, but you're making connections? Like, if that's what you want to do, then do it. But if it's not for you, you got to ask yourself that question right off the bat. And I think also, too, maybe not so much for you because you're a solo artist, but if you're in a band, it gets real complicated because most of the time Mm -hmm. you'll have a band with four or five people in it. And there's a good chance. Maybe only two or half the band, two or three of them are really about it. So there's always that one person, not always, but a lot of the time you get that one person that is not okay with this, you know, like house shows, sleeping on floors, sleeping in the van. If if you even have a van sleeping in the Winnebago, whatever it is, you know, (laughs) and it could be really tough. So I think like having that, having those communications with yourself as an artist and with the people around you, if you're in a band before getting into things, I think is super helpful, especially when money starts coming into everything, just being very, very transparent and very, very vocal about those things. Like letting people know, like this is what's going into it, getting everybody's expectations on the table, you know, because like I've had, I've been in bands with people that are like, you know, like, Hey, you know, are we going to, you know, maybe, get any money or split any of the profits from this new album and i'm like what (laughs) like what profits you know it's like okay like you know we spent two thousand dollars to record this album we spent a thousand dollars getting it mastered we spent two thousand dollars getting you know 500 copies of it made Mm -hmm. and we're charging you know 10 it's like okay if you do the math it's like these things cost us eight bucks each if you split it all up at the end of the day and we're selling them for 10 we're making two bucks profit off of all of these so even if we sell all 500 of them you know it's like we get a thousand bucks profit maybe but like selling 500 is so fucking much to do that's so much work Mm -hmm. it's like you know we're playing you know two shows a month or whatever if we get on the road we get like a week of shows it's like it's there's no there's no profitability in it like that in terms of making the money which is it sucks i wish there could be more but you gotta you gotta play shows that's really the only way to i think make steady consistent money 
doing music mm-hmm. is if you're able to play a lot, a lot, a lot of shows. And if you're able to um, pull people, you know, if you can get people in the door and you charge five or ten bucks and, you know, you have a small bill, you know, only two or three acts. So all that money can kind of get split up. You might walk out with some money. But other than that, it's it's very, very hard. Yeah, but I completely agree with you with what you were saying about like the the monetary versus social is like that. It's definitely it was never about money. It my, my point more more so was like it sucks that part of it has to be about money. Oh yeah, you know it's like I just I would love to play shows if I if you know I if if it was a free show and not a single person bought merch like just I love the energy and it's like not in a narcissistic way of like oh every like. I loved going to shows and admiring these people or like, but it's just, you know, being able to entertain and, you know, give people that atmosphere that I enjoy so much, you know, yeah. if everyone's vibing and having a good time. Like, and it, it, for a lot of house shows, like a very party atmosphere. And it's like, obviously like, I hope everyone stays, stay safe and no one gets hurt, but like having a lot of fun, like chilling in basements or chilling in like, dorm rooms and shit like that you know it is really fun and just being around people my own age and like or even not like just connecting with like everyone and all kinds of different yeah. styles of music. i'm the same kind of deal it's like oh you you like you rap you fucking like there are like a few like genres that i don't personally like but it's like if you're especially if you're inviting me to the bill like i don't fucking care like if it, if it's like not 700 hours away like i don't fucking care like yeah sure Mm -hmm. yeah i think that it's important to take take advantage of those opportunities it's always so funny i think that for a long time there was like a weird stigma against mixed genre bills which makes no sense because it's like i don't know anybody that only listens to one kind of music most people that i know like different music so if they're gonna go out to a show they would probably like to see some different things Mm-hmm. You know, it gets exhausting. You know, I play in a heavy metal band and fuck, dude, like we've played some shows where it's like all death metal bands and it's like, is there a different band playing? Is the same band playing? I don't know. Yeah. It's like everybody's wearing the same shirt with some band logo <laughs> that I can't read and they all have long hair and they all sound the same. I don't even know what band's playing at this point. That's an exaggeration, obviously, but like, yeah, it's like, but it's fun sometimes where it's like, oh, okay, that's the metal band. And then like, oh, there's more of like a, maybe not like death metal, but maybe more of like a harder rock band or like an indie rock band or like a weird rapper that nobody was expecting or whatever. It's fun to mix it up. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I don't, especially now that I'm trying to like experiment more with what I'm doing in the studio. And it's like, I'm still just a guy with an acoustic guitar, like going when I go out. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, the different, like I, even if I wanted to classify myself, I have no fucking idea. Like, I guess you could say singer songwriter. That's probably the best fucking things. You know, you can say indie, but when you like, Indie is just an independent artist, but I feel like a lot of people associate indie with like this, like, you know, the 1975, like Arctic monkeys, like vibe. Sure. So it's like, you know, it's, it, what it's honestly meaningless. At I this would, point. there's so many genres and genres. Yeah. Like, I would what just, what does it even mean? What does it matter? If I was you, 
I don't I haven't heard anybody say like use this specific term before and maybe it's a terrible term. But if I was you, what I would say is just I'm a modern singer songwriter. So it doesn't get confused with like a a Bob Dylan or a whatever, something like nothing against that, but that's not exactly what you're doing. So I would just say like modern singer songwriter uh and versus like so it doesn't get uh mixed in the pile with maybe some artists that are a little bit more folky because I think like, yeah. you get like kind of like a folky Americana vibe from mm-hmm. traditional singer songwriters, which is fine. That that's just is what it is. Yeah. But I think maybe if you put the term modern on it, people would be like, oh, well, like modern what? Like, oh, like more modern, uh, you know, uh, more modern, any rock, pop punk, emo influence sort of just like what the more current state of rock has been in like the past two decades, like reflecting on that and not so much a singer songwriter based off of like the 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. I I think I had it. I don't know if I still do. I think I had it in my Instagram bio, like spilled ink acoustic. Like someone was like, well, just make your own genre. I was like, Oh yeah, cool. (laughs) Sure. You know, it's just like, just name it whatever you want. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess like it's, it's kind of like, I have a lot of like, stream of consciousness like lyrics so it's like yeah spilled ink acoustic that sounds cool that fits like i don't know edgar Allan poe typewriter aesthetic yeah sure um, i think i think i don't know if it's still there or if i just added this but i think now my my instagram tagline is like songs to dissociate to. sure i'm curious you know like i think that it's going to be super interesting to see where your uh your lyrical content and like your whole approach to songwriting goes in the next five years, because it's going to like, you're, you're in hyperspeed right now being 20 years old. Like everything is going to change so fucking fast. I'm not trying to fucking grandpa old man talk you here. I think you're aware. You probably have people around you that are a little older and you've, you've probably seen it happen, but it's going to reflect and change your music so goddamn much. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that evolves. Because when I was, I was, writing and recording stuff when i was 15 16 17 you know what i mean through through my teen years as well and when i go back and listen to that stuff it's like there's a lot of cool ideas and i'm like wow i could see what i was trying to do here but then there's also a lot of stuff that like was it felt so important to me at the time like it felt like oh i'm really making like some groundbreaking statement here and now i look back at it 15 years later and i'm like dude you were such a (laughs) cornball it's great it's great you know i I wouldn't take one second of any of it back but it'll be super interesting i think for for you and for me as well as an outsider now that we are friends and we're connected just to see how it evolves and grows you know i have i have a pretty good feeling that there's a good chance you know if things go well you may not be such a sad boy in five years (laughs) yeah i would hope i I would hope even sooner i would hope even sooner yeah i wish nothing but positivity yeah that's that's the hope i mean you know (laughs) yeah absolutely and i mean i'm definitely branching out with like and it's like my music's still very personal but it's not like these like deeply like only i could kind of relate like metaphors like you know i'm i i have a song about eeyore you know yeah totally. um or i'm writing a song about eeyore my last album you know the song's about and it's like it is like kind of you know I, I feel like a lot of people my age have this kind of existential like dread 
and whether it's like prominent or underlying i feel like a lot of people i mean maybe not just my generation but yeah at some point everyone feels it i'm sure but like a lot of people are around my age are very like vocal about it so it's like yeah we can still like fuck around and hang out with friends and like you know smoke weed or do whatever we do but like have these like have these talks about these kind of like you know feelings and experiences yeah um but yeah 100 percent. and like i was very pretty much i when i first started music when i was like 12 i was like super in into like acdc and like <laughs> i'm still i'm still pretty into into pink floyd but like you know yeah. like the older rock bands and stuff like that like of course i learned fucking smoke on the water i really like blue oyster cult too but acdc was probably my favorite band for quite a few years oh yeah dude um and then like like i said like you know pop punk and like blink 182 in middle school and like my chemical romance and fallout boy and shit like that um and then i had like quite the like um folk punk phase um and but it's all like kind of off branches of like punk um and now i'm definitely widening my horizons yeah like i i I fucking love post malone like i i I don't i really like couldn't really tell you why but i fucking love him he entertains the hell out of me um and i've really been been getting into like you know joji i like the lo-fi beats and stuff like that um yeah all kinds of stuff so it's really fun being able to incorporate and it's like i've had the idea of like doing like kind of a joking like me like trying to rap like this like this super like self like satirical like i am the whitest guy coming from like the buttfuck suburbs of pennsylvania like trying to do a rap song but like it would just be so much fun and i'm i'm very glad that i i came out of my shell of like Oh, like I'm too punk to listen to literally anything else. Like, no, fuck. Like, I mean, you do you, but like, it, try try and like yeah. experience more. I'm glad. I'm glad you did too, because that's a terrible mindset to be in. Yeah, you're you're missing out on so much. You know, it's like being a, uh, it's like the equivalent of being someone that'll eat nothing but chicken tenders and French fries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're, right. you're, just, you're missing out on so much good stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you can't you can't make everybody like everything. Some people are mm-hmm. in their own ways. You know, I find that, you know, sometimes, you know, especially with like music sub subgenres and cultures, it's interesting. Sometimes there's people that will like a style of music or say they only like a style of music in punk or something. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the time it's like those people just like the culture. Or they are <laughs> friends with people in that scene, so they like it. It's like you never hear them talking about any bands or listening to any bands, but they're around. They don't watch any of the bands play, but they're just around because, like, oh, this is where their people are. These are the the friends that they've managed to make, and they want to hang on to them. So now I'm a part of the scene, even though I'm not 100% into it. It happens a lot with metal too, and I mean mm-hmm. any 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 I think any genre deals with it. You know, I, I know plenty of people that are like that. So, um. Not plenty, a few. I've known people like that. I don't know so many people like that now since I've gotten a little bit older. But, you know, through my late teens, early 20s, playing uh, like VFW shows and basement shows and things like that, there was always the kids that were always around that, you know, yeah. did not give a shit about any of the kind of music we were playing. It was just they just wanted to be around the people. So, yeah. And I think it's like that- if you 
Yeah, if you buy it. Oh, I'm sorry. I cut That's you okay. Off. If it's you buy good. a ticket and hang out, like, yeah, like, fine. <laughs> I think that that's why you have a lot of artists like Post Malone that are blowing up right now, because it's like, you know, regardless of the music, they're just such a character. They're like a person that like Post Malone is like a dude that I feel like most people would want to hang out with. Like, uh, you know, I would I would gladly have a beer with Post Malone and talk to him about whatever, you know, like I'm not a huge fan of his music, but I'm not going to be like, fuck that guy. Like, it's so funny when I see people like getting up in arms especially people like that are my age or older that are online complaining about post malone i'm like bro you're 40 why the fuck do you (laughs) give a shit about what this fucking dude is doing on the internet it has no effect on you just embrace it trust me the stuff that you listened to when you were 20 was not any fucking better than the stuff that kids are listening to now you know what i mean like i grew up listening to fucking you know i'm like i grew up with old fucking you know blink 182 and fucking corn and limp biscuit and stuff like yeah. that shit that i listened to in middle school i'm not about to fucking judge a young kid for liking post malone or 21 pilots when i listen to fucking limp biscuit like I'm, <laughs> I'm no fucking better but like when you're young and growing up you like that stuff it's music geared towards younger people so of course you're yeah. gonna fucking love it yeah i mean there what's very interesting to me is like and this is kind of unrelated but just post malone is like he's so interesting because he and i mean he's done a lot of nirvana covers but like he really reminds me of like kurt cobain and i don't really know exactly why but he seems like he and i think he maybe i'm just making this up but i think his song rockstar is like about how he wanted to be like you know a grunge artist or something like that but yeah. like, you know it wasn't selling yeah I so think, he was like okay i'm just gonna do this and it worked yeah you I know i think that i i i don't know i mean somebody could fact check this if they don't know but i think that the i'm pretty sure that post malone came from like kind of like a post hardcore post like screamo under oath that type of thing like that sort of scene i'm pretty sure that like he played in a band or something uh pre his solo yeah. career and uh I mean, it makes sense. You know, he obviously has, you know, a trained background. I think that that's the yeah. thing, too, is like it. it's always like. Annoying to me when people like overlook the obvious musical talents of people just because they're on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, have you ever watched fucking Lady Gaga sit down at a piano and play a song? She could play and sing her ass off. You know, fucking mm-hmm. Post Malone can play and sing his ass off. 21 Pilots, they're incredibly talented musicians, but they get a lot of shit for being just like pop friendly stuff. Like, I dare, mm-hmm. I'll even fucking say it. Even Imagine Dragons. Like, I do not give two shits about that fucking band at all. <laughs> I think they make god awful fucking, you know, iPod commercial music, but it's just they're still really good at what they do. They make, you know, yeah, yeah. super catchy, like modern stadium rock. It's not easy to do stuff like that. It's not easy to write a simple song that's going to like resonate with that many people. You know, mm-hmm. if music is a conversation between the artist and the listener for one person or one group to have to start a conversation, a musical conversation that connects with millions of people is fucking insane. <laughs> so it's like uh, to overlook that. I don't know. It's dumb, but a lot of people are selfish and narrow-minded and think the world revolves around them and their interests so what can you do 
Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's crazy. But I yeah, I'm very happy that I'm I'm being able to experience more and you know, it and it's so and it's joining um another community like, you know, hip hop or rap or like lo-fi beats or just something that like you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but I feel like a lot of people like the hardcore yeah. punks would be like, "Oh, you're like crossing over." Yeah, no, you know, dude, you fuck can't that. Do that. Like, you know, don't don't um, split up. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. split up. It's like you're a part of the music community. You know, fuck the genres, fuck the bubbles. Yeah, anybody that is going to give you shit for that, they're probably not a part of the music community. They're a part of this social circle, and the music's like an afterthought to them. It's like those. Mm-hmm. A lot of those people are fucking temporary too. It's like they'll they'll give you shit one week and then the next week they're fucking done because you know they started dating somebody in another scene and you'll never fucking see them at a punk show again like that's just that's what it is like those people tend to be very temporary so to like judge your actions on the you know it's like i it's like you seem like somebody doesn't plan on leaving this fucking social scene so you do what you want to do and don't take shit from anyone that's probably not going to be there in a few weeks anyways yeah honestly but you know uh wrapping things up you know we've we've definitely i think we've had a pretty good chat and i feel like we could probably talk some more but it does get to a point where you know nobody's gonna listen to an hour and a half of us talking unfortunately it's just like you know unfortunately yeah we're not joe rogan yet we yeah we can't have we can't have a conversation acknowledging people's attention spans and then talk for two and a half hours (laughs) you're right you're right it's very it's very like counterproductive and slightly hypocritical (laughs) But, you know, with that being said, Sean, strangest in proportion, I want to thank you for reaching out, taking the time to chat. Uh, I think it's really cool. I love talking with people that are definitely like up and coming, younger, getting connected. Because I mean, like the people like you are going to be the people that carry, you know, the local music scene for the next decade. Because, you know, (laughs) I I don't I mean, I'll still be around, hopefully. But, you know, I mean, I'm not going to be fucking uh looking over house shows and knowing what's going on and keeping up with stuff. You need like a constant cycle of people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having somebody like you, that seems like you're interested in networking and meeting people, regardless of like what style of music they're making, just linking up with other creative people. I think it's super crucial. And I would encourage you to get all of your peers to be the same, to uh, keep, uh, keep the music community thriving. Yeah, it's super important. I, I love, uh, I, it, a lot of people are kind of starting to understand. I think this quarantine has also kind of helped, you know, see celebrities how they are. And like <laughs> oh, people God. are starting to understand how, how important the local scene and it's like yeah. where, where these famous people come from and where the roots are. Like, you know, you need, They're, you need to start yeah. discovering these people and enjoying like all, all sizes of people. Dude, so many famous people have made such assholes out of themselves it is it's entertaining don't get me wrong but it's also like slightly unnerving to think about like you know it's like you know oh yeah these are the these are the people who you hold in such high regard but i mean we should probably not even get this conversation started It'll, <laughs> yeah. it'll really start to sound like a Joe Rogan episode if we go down that yeah. road. <laughs> so, so what are your thoughts on uh, aliens and DMT? <laughs> <by the way>? <laughs> 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 
so with that being said, Did you pull that up. <laughs> oh I'm going, I'm going to do my outro and then that'll be it. All right, dude. Perfect. Thank you. And that is all folks. Thanks so much for listening. One more time, Sean, strangest in proportion. Thank you for being here. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo, woo. Thanks for listening. Peace out. <laughs>